passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And we are live, everybody. Welcome to the Cafe Hangout. It's John Pollock and waiting live without any problems. What could possibly go wrong? Do not dare, John. Do not jinx us. We've got a really good run right now. Connection is strong. Uh, haven't tested the phone calls yet, so let's be very cautious. Well, we have a packed edition of the Cafe Hangout. Thank you to all of you that are joining us, whether it be live or have downloaded the show after the fact. Uh, Lots of changes going on in the wrestling world. We're going to dive into each and every one of them over the next hour, but also a lot of changes happening at Post Wrestling beginning next week, and a lot of it focuses on this show. Yes, that's right. Yeah, the Cafe Hangout, for uh, many people who are aware, since we've been doing it for the better part of the, the past year, we've limited it to our uh, second tiers and above, so double-double, ice cap, and espresso. But starting next week, we're going to open it up to everybody who is a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe from $6 and above. So if you're a member, uh, you not only get our Rewind Away uh, bonus shows, Ask Away, MCU reviews, and starting next week, Rewind to SmackDown becomes a Patreon-exclusive show. But in addition to all that, you also get... Live access to the Cafe Hangout, so you can call in, uh, watch live, and interact with people in the chat room. So, yes, uh, for those that are considering signing up for the Cafe beginning next week, you get minimum two bonus shows per week. On top of that, live access to the Cafe Hangout. So that's each and every week that you'll get a show on Tuesday, Rewind to SmackDown, live access to the Hangout. New Japan pay-per-view reviews as well. Yes, we're looking at... Um, adding more uh, post-pay-per-view reviews on Sunday nights. So uh, lots of cool stuff, lots of cool changes that we went over. If you want to go back to Rewind to Raw right off the top of the show, we went through all of the changes on that. But we have so much to discuss. There, I, We have like an entire page of notes here of different news items. So I think we should dive right into things. But yeah. uh, first, I want to let people know that Nate Milton is going to be joining us in about 10 minutes time. And we'll be chatting with him about many of the news items as well. We're going to save our impact discussion for Nate to come on, a longtime follower of the TNA, TNA Impact Wrestling brand. Yeah, and we're going to see if they made an impact this past week in Nate Milton's world and his thoughts as we uh, look at the next era of Impact Wrestling going into the Access TV uh, deal. So off the top, I guess the biggest news item today is that the WWE released their 
broadcast teams, their new broadcast teams for Raw and SmackDown. And according to my mentions, some very passionate responses from people on these thoughts. So let us start off. Uh, NXT is going to stay pat with Moro Ronaldo, Beth Phoenix, and Nigel McGuinness. That is not changing. Raw and SmackDown, big changes. Starting Monday night, it is going to be Vic Joseph as the lead voice on Raw, joined by Dio Madden, who we have just heard start on 205 Live, the former uh, Brennan Williams, and Jerry Lawler back in a regular position as part of the three-man Raw broadcast booth. SmackDown on Friday nights will feature Michael Cole and Corey Graves with Renee Young listed as a special correspondent. And what that entails, maybe more backstage interviews, sit-downs, features, uh, because she is also going to be hosting the new backstage show uh, that we'll get into as well. That's going to be airing Tuesday nights on FS1. But your first blush reactions to the new broadcast teams, some, some new names, some old names, and some people switching nights. Well, first of all, I think I'm 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 happy to see that they're se- separating the t- the two teams, and you know somebody like Corey Graves isn't necessarily doing both shows. I help I think it helps to add a, a level of distinction between both brands and tells you where their mindset is, and that they're really dedicated to this quote unquote brand split in a second attempt at it at least. I was really surprised to hear about the Raw team. Not so much, you know, that that Cole and essentially your A team is moving to to SmackDown, but the fact that. Uh, I think it's Vic Joseph getting the call up rather than uh, Tom Phillips. Byron Saxton, no, not mentioned here at all. Yeah, I've asked and I haven't heard what the new roles will be for Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton. I would imagine, like, this is just me speculating off the top of my head, but that uh, whatever 205 Live, whatever its long-term future is going to be, like, it looks like, at least in the short term, it's going to be taped on Friday nights. And you're taking Vic Joseph and Dio Madden away from 205 Live, they're not going to be there on Friday. So just by process of elimination, you would think that Phillips and or Byron could be fit into that show or pre-show panels or some entire new project that we're just not aware of. But I don't know what where Phillips and Saxon land because obviously they are kind of the odd man out here. Now, even if that was the case, isn't that incredibly surprising, you know, to take your 205 team, where whereas you already have a SmackDown team that has experience with live television uh, in a broadcast format. And putting somebody completely unknown, relatively like a deal Madden. They're clearly very it. impressed with Vic Joseph. And yeah. I mean, to He's his credit, like, res- I, I don't think I've get, gotten one. Listen, my mentions are insane this morning from this one. And I have not seen any complaints about Vic Joseph. No. Like everyone seems to really like this choice. It's a fresh voice. Yep. And he hit it out of the park in that, that substitute mm-hmm. on Raw a couple of weeks back. Jerry Lawler, on the other hand. A lot of negativity met with yeah. Jerry Lawler coming back on a weekly basis. Yeah, um, that move to me was also quite surprising because Jerry Lawler was somebody that they actively forced out many years ago when when this brand split initially took place, actually. Uh, and his return, I think, I think is probably being met with a lot of negativity because I think Jerry Lawler seems to represent an era of the past and not necessarily the type of you know voice that might fit with the, the style of wrestling that I think fans demand today. Do you feel... Try and get into their head. What what do you feel is is the justification of using Jerry Lawler? And do you feel that a differently produced Jerry Lawler would be? Because I I think the best Jerry Lawler sounded was those first cute few weeks with Moro Ronaldo on SmackDown, where you saw a different Jerry Lawler. And Jerry Lawler unproduced, I think. Well, it can come with its issues too. But I think that I think I think people are kind of turned off from like the one liner jokes and 
kind of Jerry Lawler kind of distanced from the product, that version of Jerry Lawler. Uh, but yeah. this is for, for a guy that never wanted to leave that booth. This is certainly a vote of confidence that they want him there. And what kind of Jerry Lawler are we going to get? We'll see on Monday night. I think, you know, the selection probably comes with a, a good deal of like nostalgia attached to the fact that it's Jerry Lawler calling raw on Mondays. Maybe banking on the fact that maybe Labs fans will see, oh, there's a commentator I recognize, a familiar voice I recognize versus, you know, your alternatives. Like, who who else is there if you're an Attitude Era fan? Um, a differently produced Jerry Lawler, is that going to happen, though? Yeah. You know? You, you can certainly see that. It's and, still Vince McMahon's show. And granted, we'll see where, where Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton ultimately land. I think, like, certainly it just would make sense that if you're a Byron Saxton that has been, you know, plying away at this, and I think it's turned into like a really good yes. third voice on the broadcast. And Dio Madden is largely unproven, and he is getting the ultimate promotion mm-hmm. to to Raw above Byron. So I, yeah. I can imagine that there would be, uh, you know, discontent there, depending on where. But if if two months from now Byron's doing pay per view panels or two hundred five live. That's got to be a little demoralizing. Same with Phillips as well. Phillips, you know? I've always liked Tom Phillips. Yeah, like from the get go. So it's a question of. Granted, they're producing so much now. Who knows? Like there may be a show in the pipeline, and these guys will be the go to. So they may land somewhere else, but it's not going to be on Raw or SmackDown for for the first week. We're also talking about WWE commentary teams, and we know how Fair. easy they are to 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 swap things around. And the turnaround, especially for that third color commentator spot has been very short for for many many people now. So I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, reviews aren't that good for certain combinations and they swap things around one more time. Um also they announced the WWE backstage show, the studio show on FS1 that's going to air Tuesday nights 11 p.m. Eastern time starting November 5th. And it was funny because this news came out and I immediately contacted someone at FS1 to ask them about, is this going to be taped during the day on Tuesday, which you would presume because my first thought was, well, this kind of sets the the table that Renee is leaving Raw. And within minutes, they announced the broadcast teams and Uh, Renee being a special contributor on Fox, which makes all the sense in the world that you want to have that synergy between your lead voice on backstage on FS1 being part of the Fox brand as well. mm -hmm. So... I could see Renee doing like, I really hope they're looking at the whole structure of this show. Renee can do like outside of the arena features and different kind of stuff on both backstage and even on the body of SmackDown, like yeah. take a performer She's out. She's mean Jean. Exactly. Be yeah. mean Jean. Like her unfiltered show. There are elements of that can, that can be incorporated that are character building. Mm-hmm. I think she's great for that more so than being the third voice on raw or SmackDown. I think this will be her comfort zone that she will excel at because she's mm-hmm. phenomenal at it. I totally agree. I think it's a better spot for Renee. I think even the, the commentary team with just a two person booth with, with Cole and Graves will, will probably be significantly better. benefit, especially because if Graves doesn't have somebody to argue against the entire time, I think the whole package might benefit. Uh, but it remains to be seen. What type of show do you think this backstage thing is on FS1? Um, I, I was told that it it may surprise some hardcore fans, like the stuff that gets covered. I don't know what that entails, but it's it, it sounds like if you're expecting, I guess, just like a fluff WWE show, maybe you're going to be a bit surprised. So hmm. whatever that means, um, it's going to be an interesting show to watch. And it doesn't premiere till November 5th. But that's um, – and no – no air date or anything for for Canadians either. If that ends up somewhere in Canada or online as well, hmm. so right now that's on that's on FS1 with Booker T as the co-host. Other news to get into: 
Let's uh, let's just finish up all the WWE stuff here. So next week, uh, NXT, they this is the lineup now for next week's show. We have three title matches with Adam Cole, Matt Riddle for the NXT title, Shayna Baszler, Candice LeRae for the women's title, O'Reilly and Fish versus the Street Profits for the tag titles, and they've also announced Shane Thorne versus Johnny Gargano. Limited commercial interruption as well. And following that, next Monday, or next Monday's Raw season premiere, they've announced AJ Styles, Cedric Alexander for the US title, and Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode against Heavy Machinery for the Raw tag titles that Ziggler and Roode have, correct? The Raw tag titles? Yes, you're right. And they're also now advertising Steve Austin for next week's SmackDown in LA. So, um, it's, it feels like it's the biggest week of of like WWE in the WWE. This is like the biggest week of the year. Bigger than WrestleMania for sure. I, I agree. There's more on the line next week than yeah. a WrestleMania. That's kind of, you know, you know what you're going to expect and you know what you're going to draw ahead of time. Starting with that takeover card or I <laughs> see I'm That's what it is. I'm calling it a takeover card and it's 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 a Wednesday regular show, but you know, limited commercial interruption, but title matches, all their titles pretty much being defended. Right? Everything but the North American title's been announced. Right, okay. Well, um I, I think it's a killer-looking show. And if, I, if I'm only comparing the two two cards between AEW, what they've announced, and NXT, I'm picking the NXT card over AEW. More title matches, more at stake, and I think better, you know, marquee matches. They have the liberty of, like, doing that because AEW still has to save a lot of their matches for pay-per-view. That said, I think the bulk of the curiosity for me and which one, if I had the to- choice of watching first, I'd probably watch AEW first simply just to see what the production is like, what the what the whole feel of the show is going to be like. I know what NXT is going to look like. I'm sure these matches are going to be great, but I don't have as much of a uh, you know curiosity about all the other, other coverage. Now, that said, an hour into the show, if I've had my fill of AEW, I'm not that interested in it. Will I flip over? And see the title match that's coming up on NXT. I could see that as well. Either way, I'm sure most wrestling fans are going to go out of the way to watch both shows. I just love the fact that we're we're getting a like so much good wrestling in one particular night. Yeah. Also, on the AEW front, Jonathan Stone at Bleacher Report did an interview with the Young Bucks. And this was an interesting answer because we, we talked about this. And regarding being the elite and the TV show, um, Matt said... We're going to keep those things separate. I think being the elite should live on YouTube. It can be the TV mature version of our show. You can watch SCU do a PG-13 rant on the Turner program, and you can watch Frankie Kazarian drop 12 F-bombs on being the elite. As for the Road 2 program, I would love it if we kept a lot of that stuff and put it on the television show because that's a great way to develop characters and tell their stories. Mm -hmm. I think our television show will look a lot like the stuff on Road 2. Cool. Yeah, that that I think is is absolutely the way to go. You know, having BTE still there as sort of a supplement, but like we kind of talked about on the double shot this week, almost as like I would say, uh, kind of like a parody type of playground to to have exaggerated versions of your characters. That might be really interesting. All right, our do you want to check in with? Uh, I think so. Nate yeah, Milton. So, uh, should we preface this? Like, do you want to get into more actual news, or should we focus may- maybe more on the? the I, I think impact? let's let's talk about some of the AEW news with Nate, and then we'll get into uh, Impact as well. For those unfamiliar, Nate Milton, a a a longtime follower, member of the post wrestling family, you can hear him on Saturdays with the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, a monthly release here at postwrestling.com. He'll be back on Saturday reviewing Get Smart. He is the godfather, one of the kings of sport, and one of my go-tos for all the U.S. election coverage. And as the U.S. presidency is once again in the balance, here is Nate Milton to hopefully give us a bit more perspective and sense of what's going on in the world. The original whistleblower, Nate Milton, is on the line. 
How are you, Nate? What is going on, Brother Pollock and Brother Ting? And, and you're right. The, the world is crazy. And so I think the crazier our society gets, the more I am inclined to believe that Terrence Howard might be the visionary that he thinks he is. And, and we all just need to plant within our souls and, and look at the world from a straight, curved perspective and, and just create our own identity and universe, John. Are we going to get a special breaking news of uh, the 20 twin twin with you and Chris breaking down what's going on right now? I think I might have to like I've got a, a political bat signal that I've got for Chris and, and <laughs> I, I might have to hit it this weekend so that we can reconvene and, and have a special uh, impromptu emergency episode because, yes, this is a uh, you could not pay a Hollywood script writer or even someone like Vince Russo to write this level of insanity in the highest office in the land. Yeah. As you know, last week, I thought there was no way that our prime minister was going to get out of the news. And somehow <laughs> Donald Trump was able to usurp uh, Justin Trudeau, who hit the absolute lowest of his uh, of his reign as prime minister with uh, yeah, two terrible weeks for our respective uh, leaders, uh, Mr. Milton. But uh, off the top, I, I definitely want to mention uh, the great work that you and Chris and Marcus do uh, at the Kings of Sport. Uh, they do have a Patreon, the Kings of Sport, if you want to look that up. Uh, the 2020 twin nate is one of my favorite shows i i listen to each one with you and chris it's fantastic analysis of the forthcoming 2020 election oh thank you brother i appreciate it yes uh it's it's funny because uh you know i always like doing shows with chris whether we're talking about wrestling or um mcu movies or, or politics and and you know, he had approached me saying that he wanted to uh, bring a political show to the Kings of Sport Patreon. And I was like, sure, I don't know if anybody will listen, but uh, it'll be cool to kind of track these candidates and and, uh, you know, see what's going on with our political discourse. And we do have another episode. Uh, we've got one planned uh, that's coming out this weekend uh, based about uh, the debates that we've seen so far and also the importance of debates in our modern society. But uh, like you said, given the news of the week so far, we might have to either release two episodes this weekend or push the debate episode to the back burner. Well, we brought you on because I wanted to chat with you about all the stuff with impact and access, and we will get there, but there's just so much other news going on. And where we were up to in the conversation, we were just about to tackle uh, AEW, some of their announcements this week, the introduction of AEW Plus, and with everything on the horizon, Nate, I'm curious uh, from you that tries to keep up with all of this stuff, what is your viewing looking like next week? What is kind of top of mind for you that has your most interest, and what are you going to be checking out next week? First of all, why does everything have to be a plus? I don't know if you and Wei already broached this point. Yeah, we, we, uh, we should introduce a post-wrestling negative. <laughs> Sign up and we'll give you less. <laughs> it'll, just be, it'll just be raw reviews on post-wrestling negative. That's it. Um, but, but yes, uh, next, next week, Nate, what, what is going to be on the menu for you to check out between uh, the Wednesday Night War, between uh, SmackDown on Fox, the Raw premiere, and everything mm. in between? I think out of all of the shows, the show that has my most interest and intrigue would probably be SmackDown on Fox. That's number one. And, uh, and how do you feel the promotion's been for this show next Friday? Like, I, I think it's been pretty strong that they've built this premiere up. Yeah, outside of football announcers who don't know who the hell Rey Mysterio is, <laughs> yes. I think they've done a really good job. Like, on every football Sunday so far, you've seen at least on every commercial break, a commercial, you know, that that 
that commercial where everybody's doing the their their impressions of the superstars. And so even if you're somebody that's not a wrestling fan, if you're just a football fan that's kicking back and drinking a beer and watching a game on Sunday, even if you don't feel inclined to watch Raw, you at least know, or SmackDown, excuse me, you know that it's coming. You know that it's a part of Fox now. Uh, so I think that's the show with the most intrigue to me, followed probably by AEW, and then after that, NXT, and maybe in a distant fourth, but a valiant fourth nonetheless would be Impact. And Nate, how do you anticipate juggling all of it? Like, what in reality do you feel like you will make a priority versus what you might just leave on the DVR that you might get to and might not? Uh, SmackDown is is going to be a priority. Uh, when I don't have football games, I'll probably you know crash in front of the TV and check that out. Friday's a terrible night, but I I'm intrigued by seeing how the WWE product is presented on Fox, you know, this network with all this gravitas that they've got from the NFL and from their college sports package. Uh, in terms of Wednesday night, at least for the first month or so, it'll be AEW mm-hmm. just because I think like, if we look at the, the, the debut shows, I think NXT has a better lineup for that first head to head show, but the intrigue of what AEW will be on TNT to me outweighs quality wrestling because we get quality wrestling all the time nowadays yeah it's it's something i've talked about like to me the great unknown is a big intrigue to aew which nxt gave up by going two weeks earlier but the trade-off to that is you know we got a great number last week before the end of this show we'll know what they did in week two but you've at least created some habits out of people on wednesday nights to tune into usa that hopefully gives them a foundation for next week, but it's all going to be a crapshoot of going against that curiosity of what is it that AEW is going to present because it's got, it's the brand new toy that everyone wants to unwrap on Wednesday. Yeah. And as much credit as I I will give Fox for their handling of SmackDown, I think you got to give TNT credit because this could have easily been something where Turner's like, yeah, you know, you're on the network, but we're not going to go out of our way to promote you. But it seems like, both the company and the network have been in sync in terms of wanting this to be a success and wanting this to attract some eyeballs. So I don't know if it'll top the NXT number, but I think it'll, it'll, it'll do, it'll do well, uh, especially the first couple of weeks. And given, you know, kind of the general nature of what TNT airs in primetime, whether you're talking about uh, animal kingdom or claws or castle reruns or Rizzolian Isles reruns, I think AEW uh, will, will do well for them. Tony Khan has like said, you know, he feels like there's a he feels like AEW isn't necessarily going to try to compete with the WWE and that instead they're trying to acquire all those laps fans that might have used to watch wrestling during the Monday Night Wars and perhaps no longer watch it for whatever reason. I know you're very much a WCW fan, Nate. Um, Do you feel like they've done a good enough job of catering towards that demographic? I mean, being back on TNT, having the explosive name. Having Tony Schiavone uh, in the fold, those are things that that can catch the eye of the WCW-only fan who has never come back, uh, except maybe, I guess, possibly to check out uh, TNA slash Impact every now and then when they get super WCW-ish. Uh, but I, I, I think... <sighs> That's an audience that it feels very much like uh, 
the mythical MacGuffin of a movie. Like, yes, we have statistical data that these people never came back, but I don't know if you'll ever get them back, at least the bulk of them. So I get what they're trying to do in terms of reaching out to that fan that, that might have been a WCW viewer, but I don't know how many of those you can realistically bank on way in terms of coming back and making this AEW show a regular part of their viewing habits. What would t- there's so many fascinating ways that we'll be able to read those numbers next week that I- I'm really curious that what would the response be if let's say WWE or NXT rather, you know, they did they did just under 1.2 million last week. Let's assume next week they're somewhere in that vicinity. They do one to 1.1 million and mm. AEW does 950,000. Let's just throw out those numbers. Do you view that as a win for WWE? Or if you're WWE, are you asking yourselves, where did these 950,000 come from (laughs) and why are we not catering to them? And are these non-WWE fans that AEW has cultivated? Those numbers would make me concerned. Uh, Obviously not, you know, panic mode concerned because NXT would still be getting a good number. But and and I predicted like I think the floor, like the absolute floor for AEW uh, in terms of the debut is probably 800,000. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they get any lower than that, like just off of curiosity. Uh, but I think if, you know, if they're pushing 900,000, who maybe even, you know, tiptoeing towards a million, then there's something, in, especially going head to head with NXT, where you would think that you'd be splitting the audience because the people that watch NXT are likely the same type of people that would want to watch an AEW product. And so, yeah, if, if I'm the WWE, I'm like, are these where are these people coming from? Are they subscribers to our network? Uh, are they fans that just got tired of what we were offering from Raw and SmackDown on a regular basis? And I guess the next thing would be how can we siphon those viewers off and get them to make the switch from AEW to NXT and the thing is they have the advantage on Wednesday night yes AEW has a curiosity factor John but if you're looking at who's been producing this content longer in terms of live TV whether you know AEW this is going to be uh, a brand new thing for them they're, they're going to have ups and downs in terms of production in terms of crafting a TV show and getting timing and things like that right Whereas NXT, it's old hat. You know, all they're doing is adding an hour. And so I think, you know, you've got the talent base. You've got people in place. You know, your your storylines are in place. AEW should not be a big threat. But I think they will be at least initially because of that curiosity factor. So we'll see. And I I think the people that want to make this a war, I, I think it's a bit overblown. But it is going to be a very interesting competition. I'll give it that much. Yeah, it, it's it's what people want. They want to see two sides one-upping each other because it's fun. It's fun for viewers to believe that there is a back and forth going on here that hopefully creates you know new fans out of this. I think that's the expectation most are hoping for in all of this. Uh, before we flip over to Impact, uh, do you have any thoughts, uh, pro or con, on some of the decisions with the new WWE broadcast teams for Raw and SmackDown that were announced earlier today? I saw that tweet that you had posted earlier, John, and, and my first reaction, uh, and no disrespect to the man, you know how much we love the legends, and, and, and uh, you know, we, the three of us in particular, have a connection with this man from our super review of Raw back in the day. Uh, yes. But my first thought was Jerry Lawler, like really, in, in, in 2019, going into 2020, this is what we're doing to reinvigorate our product. It, it just felt tone deaf to me. Is he the Joe Biden of this announced team? 
<laughs> oh wow, that that's a really interesting comparison. Associated right with a very positive time in in, yes. in, in its history, uh, but can it compete in 2019 and especially in 2020? Yeah, the, the Jerry, Jerry Lawler is Uncle Joe, and in this scenario, I, I don't I don't know if he fits, John. I think. Jerry Lawler is somebody who you should have kind of in the Jim Ross role. Now that Jim Ross is not with the company anymore, like he's the guy you bring out for special occasions. He's a special attraction when, you know, when you've got a big match or a match with some historical importance to it. But I don't think Jerry Lawler works well week after week after week. I think it's going to, I don't think it's going to go over well. I think people are going to miss Michael Cole, which is something that you wouldn't think you'd hear most fans say. I I think it does go to, to show you that ultimately as you know, they've done it certainly a better job now with NXT and developing more announcers. But when it came to finding a third voice on raw and for whatever reason, not going with Byron Saxton, Nigel's tied up and you've got graves on SmackDown. Jerry Lawler was ultimately the answer that they decided to go with along with a relatively inexperienced uh, Dio Madden, the former Brennan Williams. Yeah, to me, I, I guess I guess those are things that would be conducive to the stories Paul Heyman's trying to tell. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not familiar with Dio's work, uh, but I, I think I, I feel bad in a way for uh, Saxton and, and Tom Phillips, I guess, who's the odd man out as well, because mm-hmm. uh, they actually were improving on SmackDown. Like I think when they first started, I was not a fan of theirs at all, especially when it was Saxton, Phillips, and Otunga. Like that just didn't work at all for me. But I think they've improved over the last six to nine months or so. Uh, but yeah, I, I Jerry Lawler is still the sticking point for me. Like I, I think if you're going to go with this fresh team, yeah, you might want to have a veteran there, but I don't know if Jerry Lawler is that veteran that you want. Uh, I don't know if Jerry Lawler is the guy you want to bring the gravitas to the table. And also, I mean, in all of this, uh, what what happens with the 205 Live team that Vic Joseph mm. and Dio Madden were part of because they're not going to be there on Fridays. What happens to 205 Live? What happens to 205 Live long term? And as well... Um, yeah, does that just get rolled in and folded into NXT? I mean, it, it seems like for at least the foreseeable future, they're going to just tape on Friday nights. But, you know, I, I was asking about around about this and it just seemed like there there's no... The person I spoke to was not aware of like any definitive plans long term for 205 Live. Um, and also NXT UK is Vic Joseph mm. as the voice of Raw still going to be doing NXT UK with Nigel every week. I mean, maybe he's going to get swapped out. That would be a place you could insert. There, there's certainly roles you could find for Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton. I would not imagine these two are are leaving, just being reassigned to other positions, but ultimately not on the two big flagship shows. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing for me uh, going back to Fox is – Michael Cole, as, as much grief as fans give him, I think this is a, a perfect move in, in terms of this is the guy you want. This solidifies this show as your A show. Michael Cole is a voice that, yeah, he's not, you know, Jim Ross iconic or Gordon Soley, if you want to go even back even further. But he can, do, like, he's a credible, competent lead announcer. And I think that team with him and Renee and Graves, I, I'm interested to see how they work in this new environment on Fox. So let's flip over to Impact Wrestling, Nate. Uh, lots to unpack here. Um, right, uh, Going back to the news of Anthem's majority purchase of Access TV, 
HDNet movies, and now the announcement that they will be moving to Tuesday nights beginning October 29th. They're going to air several pay-per-views and a special in the lead-up to that. Um, but your thoughts on the move to Access, their majority control, and, and do you like this, this new slot for Impact? What is, what is the prognosis on the newest era and life that Impact has found? Well, it's funny, John, because this whole situation with all the, the moves in terms of shows moving networks and getting different time slots and things of that nature, it reminds me of the Popeye's chicken sandwich wars from the summer where you had everybody talking about Popeye's versus Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A versus Popeye's. And then you got like Bojangles and Zaxby's over in the corner. Like we matter too. And so it's like, <laughs> are, are you calling like, impact the Zaxby's of the wrestling world? Impact right now? might be the Zaxby's of the wrestling world, John, because everybody's focused on AEW and WWE and, and you got MLW and impact out here. Like, Hey, we, we're not as big, but we, we've got chicken too. Uh, so I, I think it's a good move. You know, it's, it's certainly, not to disparage pursuit, but it certainly couldn't, in my eyes at least, have gotten any worse, you know, from where they were coming from. Whether you talk about Destination America, Pop TV, and then Pursuit, the visibility was low. Like, I'd, I'd pretty much been watching Impact on Twitch when I remembered that, that it was on Friday night. Right. And so, yeah, I think this is a good move. You've got an, an, an audience that watches Access who is used to watching wrestling. And so now it's just, okay. You're used to watching wrestling. You're used to watching New Japan or, or women wrestling. Here's a different kind of wrestling. Here, here's Impact. Let's see how you like this. Uh, the night going on Tuesday is a smart move because wrestling fans and, and TV viewers in general, I think, are creatures of habit. And so if you've gotten them in this mode of we're going to watch wrestling on Tuesday night because of SmackDown, sliding uh, Impact into that spot works for me rather than trying to go up a mountain and, and stay on Friday nights where nobody's going to be checking for you after Fox. You know, you mentioned like uh, perhaps impact being a, a bit of an alternative, but knowing the roster that they have, knowing that the product uh, that they've been presenting lately, what do you think that they should be focusing on um, to really, uh, first of all, I guess, fulfill that Tuesday audience, but also maybe to show that they are worth you know, taking a wrestling fans very limited amount of time for uh, to spend two hours on every Tuesday. Well, that's the problem that way. That's the that's the big question, because, you know, before AEW uh, and MLW to a much lesser extent. If I'm impact, I could say I'm the alternative to the WWE. I am, you know, and this is going back to the Spike TV days. You know, you had the opportunity to say, you know, we're on a national network. We've got some faces you recognize, but our calling card is going to be the X division. Our calling card is going to be these tag teams. You know, we're going to do something different. We're going to focus on the women. We're going to do stuff that the WWE isn't doing. But now, not only do you have a WWE uh, who has more, become more evolved in, in terms of the way they present women, uh, the way they present light, lighter uh, workers, you know, the cruiserweights and stuff like that, but you've also got AEW who's the alternative to the WWE. So now instead of just being the alternative to the WWE, Impact has to be the alternative to the alternative. Yeah. So you've got to find a lane within a lane. And and so I mean they they've been doing good things, you know, as you know from the the uh, Impact pay-per-view reviews that John and I've done, they haven't had a bad pay-per-view in about 2 years. So the days of like terrible booking and you know pay-per-views that are a waste of people's time and money those days are, have largely been forgotten. Those days are largely in the past. 
But the problem now, the challenge now for Scott Demore and those guys in Impact now is how do we stand apart? How do we find our lane? You know, we can't do that. We can't be the WWE. Nobody can be the WWE. But we also can't try to copy AEW. So we've got to find our lane and accentuate it. And, and you know, they've got some great talent, you know, like uh, uh, Tessa Blanchard and Rich Swan, the Rascals, uh, Brian Cage. They've got some good talent. So it's just a matter of how can we put these people in a position to succeed and how can we also raise maybe our visibility in the in the eyes of the wrestling community? Who would you make the the ace of the company if you had the book? Oh, that is that is a really great question, Way. And I think I'm going to go twofold on that. I think Tessa Blanchard should certainly be one of your top stars. Uh, you know, she is somebody who is great in the ring, has a great look, has the pedigree. You know, uh, being Tully's daughter, uh, so she is somebody. You know, she's marketable. Uh, she would certainly be somebody that I would focus on. Uh, and in terms of another person, I, I think Sammy Callahan has the potential to be one of the best heels in the business if he's not already, you know, in that in that ilk, in that upper echelon. Uh, Rich Swan is also somebody who I would take more advantage of. Like he's he's I like the team with him and Willie Mack uh, and, th- and that uh, farewell match for LAX last week, I believe, uh, was one of my favorite impact matches on TV in a while. Uh, but I think Rich Swan is somebody who could be, you know, one of the breakout stars of the company. If you put more of a focus on him and if Sammy wins the belt off of Brian cage, which I think would probably be the way I'd go. I think, you know, you could go back to that Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan feud and, and, you know, really get both guys over in the eyes of your audience. Yeah. I think that it's, it's going to be an interesting month for them and what kind of, what kind of a reinvigorated fan base comes back for the show and for the awareness. And ultimately it comes down to can a pro wrestling company succeed in today's marketplace by just simply selling tickets, pay-per-views because with this deal, they've taken away the most lucrative option, which is a giant television deal, which, you know, if someone swooped in and offered them millions and millions, I'm I'm certain they'd be happy to move impact elsewhere, but it kind of negates the, this whole deal and what the grand play is here by buying your own network here. The problem was they weren't getting these offers, you know, mm. so first step is to increase the visibility of your product and get people wanting it first, though. Well, that's it's like we're, we're at step one of what could be a long, long process. And I just don't know if necessary, like, does this pay off in the long term? Because I, I, I mean, I, I think I hear what you're saying, John, but I think you've got to walk before you can run. And I think this, like way is saying, does give them more visibility. But also, I think maybe even bigger than that is the security of knowing that you're not going to get kicked off a network. The security of knowing that, you know, if they wanted to access could run impact five nights a week. They you know, could, just be, listen, this could be just a loss leader. If you want to have a wrestling company, you can keep it going forever. You, yeah. Like, that's your choice. Uh, does this thing ultimately, it, does this, do you want this to be a successful, profitable venture? And if so, where, where is that revenue? Is, I, I, is it different I, now? Is the, is, the, is the business different now? Because you're, you know, I guess it's a lot more like, um, like Turner with with WCW owning the actual company itself, you're providing mm. content, hours of content. Um, is the pressure as much, you know, to make that specific wrestling company profitable, or are you looking at the whole network itself? Well, that's the question. It was obviously an enormous price that they likely paid to get access 
and HDNet movies. What is the plan to make all of that back? And that that could be a five, ten year plan. We don't know. But I mean, the the answer to all of this, John, is two words: Steve Harvey. He's he's got it figured out, man. <laughs> that How be... long before he shows up in, on Impact? I, I would. I, I mean, I would love it if Steve, just one week Steve Harvey shows up on on Impact for no reason, just to host uh, the Feaster Fired segment. Yes. Oh. That would that would be amazing, actually. Steve Harvey hosting the Feast of Fire. <laughs> so many, so many different options uh, that we have uh, for Impact, but uh, that is uh, in the near future for them, and I think also probably to their benefit that the Impact relaunch is at the end of October and not trying to just shoehorn it in the midst of all this other chaos. But uh, yeah. with, with that also comes like they're they are going to be fighting for people's time come the end of October because it's just it comes down to people's. Uh, the, the supply and demand. There's a lot and lot of supply, and there's only so much demand to go around all these hours of wrestling content. Like, there's so much content, John, and I, I hate to say it, but particularly, you know, you're talking October. You're getting into the thick of the NFL season. Sure. Uh, I might just end up dropping Raw altogether. You know, given the news of the commentary team, and given like the Monday night football games that'll be heating up then like raw just might be two hours that, or excuse me, three hours uh, raw might be three hours that I can just sacrifice. And then, you know, listen to you and way review the show and then decide, okay, that sounded cool. I'll go back and watch that match or I'll go back and watch that segment instead of sitting in front of the TV for three hours. Uh, last question before we let you go, Nate, uh, this was reported by Mike Johnson today at PW insider, someone that you, you've, you've watched uh, significantly over the past I guess it's been almost like three years he's been there now, but uh, John Morrison, the former Johnny Everything, is returning to WWE the age of 39. Uh, do you have a prognosis of how he fits in to WWE in 2019 and the bigger question of what his surname will be upon re- returning? <laughs> okay, so uh, I think there's only two two routes I'd go with bringing back uh, Johnny. Uh, number one would be uh, a feud with the Miz because that's what everybody's been clamoring for. We need that final blow off. Uh, but the the more sensible route, in my opinion, would be I'd add him to NXT. Really? I think he might he might be more served uh, as a kind of a bigger fish in a smaller pond, uh, being able to help out you know those guys and girls on NXT rather than trying to find a place for him on a main roster which hasn't really found spaces for people like EC3 or, you know, I know Bobby Roode is the tag champ, but has Bobby Roode done anything really of note in his time on the main roster? Uh, So I think maybe putting him in NXT would be a great thing, both for him and for that brand. So he'll be, he'll be Johnny. He'll be Johnny Johnny XT. Johnny XT. Mm. Ooh, Johnny XT. I like that. (laughs) It's about as good as way EW. (laughs) No, nothing's as good as Way oh, EW. God. We're not we're not the best at naming conventions. Uh but this Saturday, one of the best names of one of our shows is the Rocky Maya Picture Show. Yes. It is back and what is on the cinema this coming Saturday Nate and who's going to be joining you? Oh boy, this is when I I've, I've been editing the show the uh the last couple nights and this might go down as one of my favorite episodes of the Rocky Maivia Picture Show to date. And I have a feeling it's going to be the kind of show that the postmarks are either going to love or they're going to hate. But like Ooh. the people that love it are really going to love it because we I am reviewing Get Smart uh, from 2008. And my guest is Jennifer Smith. And 
Uh, Jenny is a podcaster and a pop culture savant, uh, is how I would frame her. Uh, and she's just a ridiculous human being, and I mean that in all of the best possible ways. And so it's funny because I've done this will be episode nine of the Rocky My Via Picture Show. And she is the first guest in the history of the Rocky My Via Picture Show, John, to not be a fan of Rocky My Via. Oh, I'm excited. She hmm. is decidedly not a fan of The Rock. And so <laughs> that leads us down a bunch of different paths. Wait a minute. Deep. Does that mean she's on Team Tyrese? We we bring up Tyrese a couple times okay. over the course of the episode, John. So that like we get into matters of self-esteem and public figures and and are people phony and, and who's fake and and yeah, it just goes down a bunch of different weird paths that uh yeah, I, I think the, the the people are gonna enjoy it more so than hearing me get into the finer details of the plot points of the get smart, the the Steve Carell spy vehicle. That's fantastic. Well, that is a that is a great teaser for Saturday's release of the Rocky Maivia Picture Show. Dropping at postwrestling.com. So look out for that on Saturday. And uh, Nate, you're a very, very busy man. Uh, you'll be back after Bound for Glory. You and I will be chatting if, in fact, yes. they are bound for glory or not. I am looking forward to it. I'm hoping I'm hoping we get uh, who's our guy? Barry Jackson. Is that his name? Yeah, we'll see. Will, will he? I hope we get buried not only at Bound for Glory, but also on the first episode of uh, Impact on Access. Hey, the the production is going to be a big question now. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, that, I, I think that Kevin Kevin Sullivan uh, departure is going to affect them more than I than I think people are going to give it credit for. Yeah, it's it's Kevin Sullivan and others that have left with him. Uh, I've tried to find out the exact number that have left with Kevin Sullivan. Impact has told me the number was less than ten. So that mm. is, that could still be significant. That could still yeah, be could significant. Still be nine people. Yeah. You know, even, you know, I mean, you look at it like in, in, in scale, like impact is not like this gigantic company and way you no. would know firsthand, like a team of five or six editors, like oh, yeah. that's, yep. that could be your whole team. That could be your nucleus. Oh yeah. And that's, that's a big loss. Even if it's, what you is know, David Sahadi doing these days? David Sahadi's doing stuff with MLW. Yeah. Oh, wow. Damn. I was going to say give Sahadi a call, but he's already got a gig. Yeah. So anyway, I think I think just the um from from a production standpoint, that's going to be interesting as well because that has been to me one of the hallmarks of Impact during this whole time. Yep. Nate has been their production with OVE with uh, even those those bits with Johnny Swinger last week. I mean that has been a big big calling card for them is the is the production and and the videos that they produced. Even like the uh, the the uh, weird stuff with Rosemary and. Uh, Sue Young and all that, like, even though the story's not my cup of tea, the actual production for those segments with James Mitchell and all that, they're, they're, they're well produced. All right, Nate. And uh, last thing, the Kings of Sport, what's coming yes. up? And where can people go support you guys? Yes, you can check out the Kings of Sport on Twitter, KOS underscore POD, Cospot on Twitter. We've got a Patreon, as John mentioned, where you can find video editions of the show. Uh, the latest edition of the Kings of Sport was a royal rant I did uh, about Antonio Brown, uh, which you can find on both the uh, Patreon as well as the uh, regular free feed. Uh, and then the episodes of the 2020 Twin, our political show with Chris from L.A., who is a political science professor. Uh, we've The latest one up is about Marianne Williamson. And then we've got one coming out this weekend. I don't know if it'll be about uh, debates or if it'll be about impeachment. We'll, we'll figure that bridge out. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, but I also want to give a quick shout out to 
my tag team partner, the Kings of Sport, Marcus Vandenberg, and his lovely wife on the recent birth of their child, their first child, uh, who I refer to as Young Simba Vandenberg. So, uh, congratulations to the Vandenbergs, and, and I, I think uh, I, the 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 pool is now in for which child gets to the mic first. Is it going to be Max or is it going to be Young Simba? Oh, he, <laughs> Max might have a co-host now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's actually second he, generation podcasters. He will actually come into this room, Nate. I I don't know if you've you've seen our, our studio setup. I'm sure you have. And he'll sit on the table or on the chair and he'll pull the microphone down and he just yells, Talk into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but some, I, some, somebody get that man a, 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 a Patreon right now. So I, there, there'll be listeners for that. Yeah, he, he's much more composed on the microphone than I am. So I'm talking notes. smack with Max. <laughs> <laughs> the caller talk <laughs> i love it well nate thank you so much for uh, for taking some time out to chat with us it's always great to catch up with you uh we'll be looking forward to the get smart review on saturday once again that's at postwrestling.com the kings of sport go follow them uh patreon.com slash the kings of sport uh with marcus as well papa marcus and as well chris from la who does a fantastic job on the 20 twin twin with nate and i look forward to all the fallout of the u.s political system as dissected by you two so nate thanks as always for joining us and we'll chat with you soon oh thank you for having me fellas always good to hang out with uh, you guys john way i i want you to enjoy your last friday as free men because from here on out you you got your work cut out for you Ways my Friday night date for eternity after uh, after <laughs> next week. Uh, so thank you as always, Nate. You always make the world make a little bit more sense. All right, brothers. <laughs> Nate Milton, everybody. You can follow him at N, the number eight, M-O-Z-A-I-K on Twitter. I always love chatting I love Nate. that guy. So uh, fantastic. We got through quite a lot there. And we should open up uh, phone calls for Absolutely. the rest of the show. So. I think we're going to try and go until the numbers come out. If, yeah. you're, if you're down, we'll go another uh, 20 minutes or so. Until you have to pick your kid up from the... Actually, I don't care. have to today, oh, so I, I have more time, so I'm not on a, on a time crunch today. But the numbers are 732-800-4423, or you can Skype in by searching for Post Wrestling. Interested to hear your calls on the broadcasting changes in wwe what are you watching next week are you going to try and take in everything or are you picking and choosing who has done the best promotion for their shows next week the impact changes uh there's just a litany of stuff and if you're a viewer from the uk and want to talk about what's going on with aew and that whole situation we haven't really gotten into it yet we should talk about that now absolutely so on thursday itv came out on twitter announcing their their broadcast plans for dynamite announcing that the show would be airing on a several-day tape delay Sunday mornings at 8.20 a.m. on ITV4, and then we'd get a one-hour version Monday nights on regular ITV at 11.45 p.m. Ugh. So, yeah, not good. Um, Tony Khan had come out discussing a bit about why they're on this delay. and So, so, so we're talking about a four-day delay. Four-day delay till Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Which is not ideal for pay-per-view weeks. And especially not a TV-14 show. Right. Yeah. Airing that early in the morning. I would really advise everyone to go over and read the comments from Will Cooling, at Will Cooling uh, from Pro Wrestling Torch. Uh, He has kind of outlined... Um, you know, Tony Khan came out with this explanation as to why, because of the, 
the ad space and Will Cooling kind of debunked that by going through the different uh, procedures and Will explains it a lot better than I can off the top of my head but it's an interesting exchange because Tony Khan and him actually went back and forth and it's a very civil conversation about sure. the issues but I think Will Cooling puts a spotlight on this that it seems that you know if ITV had wanted to this ad thing shouldn't have been a stumbling Essentially, block. the argument is that TNT wants 16 minutes of commercial per hour, whereas right. ITV, by regulation, according to Tony Khan, is only able to give 12, 12 minutes. And Now, that hasn't stopped other broadcasters from the UK taking international feeds in the yeah, past. Yeah, and it sounds like you could make up that time by just running in-house promos. Right. There's ways around it. So it seems like this was not a hill either side had to die on. This, if the deal was going to be made it would tony khan also notably said that you know itv kind of came out someone put this out on their twitter before they were aware of it and they're still working to try and get an earlier broadcast i guess on itv4 earlier in the week yeah. um so now to supplement that aew has announced aew aew plus, plus. yeah lots of pluses yes. in the wrestling world so aew plus is for viewers outside of the u.s and canada which is no noteworthy where for 4.99 a month you can get the show live or you can pay 2.99 per episode on fight yes that's right so essentially their own subscription service that allows you to watch their weekly show not including the pay-per-views correct this is just for the tv show five dollars a month so if you are in the uk this is an option for you but it's going to cost um a couple bucks a month if you want to sign up for that they do go out of their way to say canadians as well and there has been nothing announced for canada yet um, Sorry, Canadians are excluded from this. excluded. Yes. Yeah, U.S. and Canada are excluded. So, like, listen, there's there's plenty going around. My phone's just going nuts here. Um, we can uh, uh, take calls in just a minute, but yeah, essentially, Canada. Nothing has been announced yet, but to me, if nothing was imminent, then this option would probably be open for Canada. Like, that's a natural mm -hmm. assumption. I would also say because of the late arrival of this news, and also because the news is. I would say really poor for from the ITV side of things after what they had initially, you know, how much they had talked about ITV being such a great well specifically great Cody's exposure. comments that really positioned this as, you know, our exposure is better than the WWE's. You would have to believe that this wasn't always the plan, you know, that this wasn't always what was supposed to occur. No, like on its on on the surface, sure, having an hour on May 19 ITV like that's that's great, but I mean compare it to if they were to tell you that um SmackDown is uh, no better. Better option would be if NXT. Okay, we're gonna get a one-hour edited version of NXT, which is what's happening actually in Canada. In Canada, but let's say it was on a main over-the-air broadcaster. So right. you're, you're getting one hour of NXT on NBC. That sounds awesome. But it's Monday nights at eleven forty-five after a Wednesday airing. I mean, that kind of deflates it a bit. Eleven forty-five. See, that's PM. actually that's actually actually good because it follows Raw. But this is, I would argue, way worse at what eight twenty in the morning on Sat Sunday. Eight twenty in the morning on Sunday on ITV, yes. and then the Monday night is eleven forty-five right. p.m. on ITV. Right. Okay. So, yeah, hardly ideal. And I have to imagine, like, you know, I would hope that they're they're working on major changes to come with with this because i feel like just looking at the barrage of like terrible comments this this has received uh our friends in the uk can't be happy about it yeah i think they were certainly led in the direction of one thing which is one thing you can say for canada that i mean they've they've kept their cards to the vest trust me it's been a very very difficult to try and pry information about what is going on here other than it sounds like 
whatever deal is going to be announced seems close, but until it's announced, it's it's all relative, right? Let's go to the phone calls. Uh, Hansi has been patiently waiting, and if you're having trouble uh, calling in, we are going to stay on, on the air until we get to all of your calls, so please keep trying. Hansi, what's up? Well, what's going on, guys? How are you guys doing? We're so, doing well, Hansi. Uh, well, well, first of all, listen, um, I've been on my I've been on my Periscope app, right? And you know, I've been communicating with like a lot of uh, people who used to be wrestling fans, and like, cause like they, they don't really watch, but like they're kind like you know I, I've made friends with them. But I've been telling them about oh I go yo, did you were you a fan of when like WCW was around at the Monday Night Wars? And like yeah, man, that was like the best era. And I'm like, well, yo, there's gonna be uh, a, a kind of a new war going on with this new company that's going to be like WCW. And then people are like, oh, yeah, yeah I, I seen something like that on, on TNT being promoted. So, like, there's a bunch of, like, I'm not saying it's going to be a lot of people, but I'm saying there's, like, a, a, a handful of people already from, like, from, like, from my Periscope app that go, yo, I'm going to go check this out because I've got them excited about it because, like, there's potentially a new war going on. So, like, it feels kind of cool that, like, you know, we're reliving in an era. Like, this feels like 96 97 when i just got on the internet and like you know i got ch- i got chastised cause i didn't know who chris jerko was by a bunch of internet smarks who told me to go go oh go watch wwe you mark or something like that right but in true canada fashion we're we're like in the in the in the in the, in the bad end of it again because we're being delayed again you know what i mean it's bringing back bad memories it's 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 true hansi but i mean we live in a very different world now where i'm sure if you wanted to watch both of those shows live you wouldn't have much problem no yeah no no for sure for sure um the thing they want to ask and i'll 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 hop off uh, right away because i know other people want to be calling in i just want to know do you guys uh think that this new um fs1 show with renee young i i i'm not saying that it should be like this like totally but i would love for it to have um, incorporations of a Tuesday Night Titans, where like it blurs a line between kayfabe and like just them showing their personality. But I always, uh, always wanted a reboot of the Tuesday Night Titans in a modern way, not like how they used to do it. But I just think Renee Young would have been. I I always I always kind of told Renee Young on Twitter and uh, when Arda Cal was with the WWE, I said you guys should bring back Tuesday Night Titans. Um, cause you guys would be dope at it. You know what I mean? You guys are old school wrestling fans. I think they should incorporate some of that stuff. Uh, and I'll take your thoughts when I get off the air. I, I don't want to hang up. I don't, I don't want to hold anyone else up. All right. Thanks Thank as you, always Hansi. for the call, Hansi. We appreciate it. Um, I, I can see the show being, you know, I'm expecting a show a lot like UFC tonight. I'm not expecting them to do investigative journalism on this show. I think it's going to be more of like an entertainment talk show, but I would think for a comparison, I'm kind of looking at something like WWE Confidential. That is, okay. they will go into certain stories, maybe some that you wouldn't expect them to go in, and that's going to be whatever influence FS1 has, and and kind of a, like a talking smack or a confidential. So, you know, Confidential didn't necessarily talk about the day-to-day, week-to-week storylines, more no. so retrospectively looking back, you know, from like a documentary Sometimes they did like a big news story that right. week, like Austin walking out. But with this, how much do you think will be in character and how much will be out? I, I think it's going to probably straddle the line. I see this being more like a kind of a podcast format, so to speak, where I'm not yes. expecting, you know, Otis and Tucker to be coming on and be eating food and stuff like that. I think they want to present yeah. these as kind of, okay, these are the people that play these roles, but also 
it is being done as a WWE production. That would be a great leap, even if you have that. You know, like Otis appearing on a show like that, talking out of character, talking about the performance of being Otis. I find it really kind of tough to like think that they would even go that far. Mm-hmm. You know? I think they can be experimental on this show. It's Tuesday nights at 11 on FS1. So the pressure is not there that other, you know, if this were on a Fox mm-hmm. or on a larger network. But it's still great exposure. It is. And it's uh, WWE can do well in a slot like that. Yeah. And and FS1 needs that kind of programming. So I think it is a good fit. And I think you have a great person in Renee Young for this this kind of role. And and ultimately what it looks like. So we go back to the phone lines. You're on with uh, John and Way. What's up? Hey, fellas. Paul from New Jersey here. Hi, Hello, Paul. Paul. Hey, guys. First off, huge fan of uh, Chris Mellon and Nate Milton. Those guys do such a great job. Um, mm-hmm. Breaking down the insanity of this country. But I, uh, I'll save that for another day. But uh, I had a, a question. I want to preface this with I, I'm looking forward to AEW, and I'm glad that there is another product. And I think it's better for the business, but just, and, and maybe I'm in the minority here, but when they first started promoting this, a lot of it was, we're going to be the alternative. We're going to be different. We're going to be fresh. And from my perspective, and, and maybe I'm off base here, but I've seen, I, I, I know people love the, the tribalism and the picking aside. I mean, it works like I'm in the minority. I, I think a lot of it from AEW has been a little desperate in my opinion with the Kenny Omega character and. I think Braden Davey uh, were talking about it a little last night, which why shouldn't Kenny cut a promo on somebody in AEW? And I've seen a lot of, you know, again, the wrestling's very, they're very talented, but it's just uh, matches that lack complete psychologies and are just spot fests and, and indie, you know, matches and Cody Rhodes saying acrobatically stupid things and coming out with these entrances, much like Triple H does. And my question is, is to me, this just doesn't feel like, much of an alternative and maybe i'm in the minority here but do i have a validity in any of these claims or am i off base here i think ultimately it's your opinion i mean i'm not going to tell you if your opinion is, is is right or wrong i think that there's I, I think definitely there there's a heightened curiosity for what this product is and i think that AEW to a lot of people it's like i just sense like it's it's a very polarizing view there are people that love the concept of something new that is entering the marketplace and others that just seem to be very negative on it. And I think probably the reality is is somewhere in the middle that this thing is going to, you know, I think ultimately has to get off the ground before people can give like an accurate assessment of it. I mean, we, we can go down the list of guys who make comments that, you know, don't paint themselves in the brightest light. And that goes for, for any promotion. Um, yeah. So right. I, I, I think ultimately you have to base them on the limited track record they have so far. And they've been able to get a pretty strong television deal on TNT for a company that's held a handful of shows that have been able to sell a tremendous amount of tickets already and do well on pay-per-view. It's like their, their base thus far. I mean, you have to, I think, applaud the fact that they've been able to do this level of business already with, you know, less than five shows. So, so much of the, the, I think, philosophy and, and the ethos behind this entire movement that the elite have kind of spearheaded has been based off of, I think, you know, reacting uh, to, I think, the negative reputation main roster WWE has developed over the past year. And we're talking all the way back to All In, uh, where, you know, all of these like post-show speeches from Cody Rhodes talking about, you know, you have a voice, you have a choice. And I, I think a lot of it over the past year, we've seen this elite group give a lot of big promises and now really is the time starting next week where we have to see if they're able to deliver i think you know the pay-per-views themselves have been like glimpses but i feel like we've seen them really learn a lot 
themselves and i'm sure we'll continue to see them learn a lot themselves but we'll see you know they've had a lot of time to build up to this particular show and work on this particular show that we're about to see next wednesday how much of it are they going to debut how much of it you know uh, of these like stats and records and you know whatever tony khan's been talking about with wins and losses how much of that are we going to see on the monday i think we sorry on the wednesday we're probably gonna have to wait Till then, at least to to judge, but maybe even further than that, because I I feel like this is a group that is is has a lot of good ideas, but will probably take some time to implement every one of them. Yeah, I, I think I think you hit it right on the headway. I think I'm just in the headspace of I'm being promised a lot of stuff, and I'm just kind of wondering if they're going to come through. But yeah, ultimately, I think this is I'm I'm just happy for the performers. I mean, I think this is great for the wrestling economy. I think maybe I just have high expectations. But, uh, yeah, that's all I had. Uh, have a great day, guys, and uh, look forward to hearing you on Friday. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, so, I mean, in terms of AEW's uh, promotion, as we're going into next Wednesday, I mean, where do you sense kind of the the excitement level, the promotion for next Wednesday show? You know, show? it's hard for me to, to personally comment on that because we don't get TNT here. Like, we don't even have a Canadian broadcaster for AEW. So yeah. as far as I can't comment, I haven't seen an AEW commercial at all. I've seen them um, like in the body of like a sports broadcast when I'm at a bar and my, you know, like I see little crawls here and there. But I've been largely underexposed if I'm talking about mainstream media. Uh, But online, I mean, through shows like this, obviously, we can't really get away from the discussion and and the idea that, yeah, this is going to air next week. Yeah. I mean, uh, Cody and Brandy were starting to do a lot of like uh, uh, media availability on Thursday in L.A. And I'm. I think it's very important this next week that you're going to see a ton of promotion uh, through all of the lead up to Wednesday. Um, and if they do find a Canadian broadcaster, like how how fast are they going to have to ramp up that that promotion? Like really quick. Um, yeah. it, it seems like it, it could be like right down to the wire. And, you know, who knows? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty confident that regardless, like something will be done for Canadians. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of, of where you're going. But. And if it's not done, we'll find ways to watch it. Like well, those that are keen, I, I, I would be really surprised if it got to that point where they right. just put their hands in the air and said, we got nothing. I can't imagine that happening because um, I, I don't think the Fight TV press release would have been worded like that if right. they had no contingency for Canadians. Back to the phone lines. You're on uh, the Post Wrestling Cafe. What's up? Good afternoon. Oh, boy. Is this our man, Neil? No, it's not. Oh, Jesus. How do you not recognize him by the Sorry, it was just the hello. <laughs> oh, God. I went. I, it, you sounded almost like you had a bit of a Irish accent there. You know, I, I know we're opening up the cafe or the hangout to, to everybody starting next week, but I do hope there's some way that you manage to find your way back on onto these shows every single week. Oh, trust me. Brandon always finds a way in. That I don't. I don't What's uh, on your mind, Brandon? Doubt. My, my love for you guys is eternal, and I will always find a way. Wonderful. Hey, you've had that. Um, uh, do you want to recap your clip that you have sent me multiple times involving Tito Ortiz? <laughs> have you seen this thing? No. It's like the most bizarre interview you've ever seen in your life with Tito Ortiz. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, God. Is it? Well, it's, that, it's that guy on Twitter. Bro. Uh, I can't say the Brazilian name. But it's just. It, he just I'll, I'll play it for like, way after the show. It's, it's a quick clip. Yeah. It, okay. Anyway, what, what did you want to chat about today, Brandon? I was um, detouring uh, us. I'm sorry, guys. Um, 
Do you guys are you guys afraid of like possible oversaturation of of pro wrestling? What are you talking about? Too much what are you talking about? That's what am I going to do with all my all my my free hours sleeping? I mean, we could be launching several companies. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I mean, Monday through Friday is just pro wrestling. I, I, Listen, I, a year I, from now, like let look, let's look at the landscape right now and give us twelve to eighteen months. WWE, like Raw, SmackDown, NXT, they're all going to be in these slots. AEW is going to be on TNT a year from now. The rest, Impact, I think they can be on access in perpetuity. As long as they want, that thing will be going on access forever. And then you get to your Ring of Honors, which, I mean, as long as Sinclair is invested in them, they have a spot there. MLW is on BN Sports. That's an interesting one in the sense that if you are an upstart streaming company, if you are any one of these outlets that sees pro wrestling and sees a boom and wants to say, hey, where's the available wrestling? Impact has taken themselves out of that game. Has MLW moved up a rung in the ladder just by process of elimination? Like, what is the available wrestling out there if Sinclair owns ROH, Impact is on access? Uh, does MLW stand to be that kind of a bride in waiting uh, and the flowers get See, thrown? It, uh, very nice. I, I think in theory, yes. But with, I think, all of these other wrestling uh, shows taking a b bit more of a prominent spot in primetime, is there going to be less demand for somebody, like, wanting to purchase an, an MLW? Well, that's the question. Like, is this going to lead to just a demand? Like, wrestling gets off to a hot start six months in. Numbers are good. A network says, we want wrestling. Wrestling fans find these programs. Get us wrestling. And what's available? So that's where – because MLW is on a very small broadcaster in BN Sports. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, Brandon, do you – where where do you see a year from now, um, or not even a year, two months from now, what's going to be like your weekly go-tos that you will absolutely watch? And what can you see quickly becoming skippable just for, for time? I mean, well, MLW is also on YouTube too, right? So That's you true. Stream it on, yep. On Impact's, Impact's still on Twitch, right? Impact will be remaining on Twitch. Yep. Um, oh man, that's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch. I mean, I'm gonna watch Raw and Smack. I mean, Smack. I'm, I'm gonna watch Raw because uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, ha I'm a creature of habit, obviously. But I mean, it's a lot, man. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch AEW and, <laughs> and, uh, and um, NXT, obviously. I mean, but I think SmackDown's gonna be hard. It's Friday. I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard to end of the week and try to watch that. To be quite honest. That's what I'm really curious to, to to see too. You know, obviously, um, Fox is is a is a national broadcaster, but how much is the Friday going to be a hit? How much is that going to hit them? How much is it going to hit the discussion of SmackDown? Uh, because typically, I feel like you know, water cooler talk exists on a day after a weekday, and water coolers are very deserted on Saturday mornings. On Saturday mornings, yes, unfortunately. And, and also part of the reason why we decided to to put Rewind of SmackDown behind the paywall, we feel like it'll get less attention thanks to the fact that it's on a Saturday morning instead of a Wednesday. So um, it, it's Brandon all really will be joining us. Brandon will, Brandon will be following. Yeah. What's that? I couldn't hear you. I'm oh, okay. That, that's okay, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> anything else? All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's all I got. Uh, I love you guys. I'm glad. It, I'm, I'm, you know, it's good for you guys because it keeps you guys busy obviously because i mean you don't need the free time right oh yeah yeah we were just twiddling our thumbs up until now so i'm glad that we're <laughs> going to be uh we can now be uh, a little bit busier yeah hey, hey more power to you all right guys i love you I'm thanks out. a lot thanks brandon
All right. Um, uh, any news about the numbers? We're, we're probably still waiting. I'm for that. keeping it open here, but uh, okay. nothing to report. Let, let's try this. Last week, one million one hundred and seventy-nine thousand viewers. What is the prediction this week? We haven't even talked about NXT from last week. Did you watch the show? I did. Uh, I didn't like it as much as last week. Certainly, like the the hour that was on the network to me felt like any other typical edition of NXT. If anything, even less uh, important. Yeah. yeah, I thought everything was stacked into the first hour. And yep, I wouldn't Keith, say it was Keith a blowout hour either. Keith Lee Dijak was was really good for TV. It, it was good. Um, you probably seen better between the two. It's a high bar um, with those two, but it was it was to me the best match on the show. Yep, Riddle and Dane was all right. It was more yep. like this was just like my my biggest complaint though is like from start to finish there was one Street Profits promo mm-hmm. and that was it. That was the only promo on the I show. Know. He was just nonstop wrestling for two hours, and I prefer a bit of a variety. And it wasn't to me. I, well, I, I absolutely agree that I feel like they haven't really done the work in like setting up a new viewer to you know like get into the NXT product. Yeah, very which well. especially for that USA hour, I yeah. would be I would be doing character pieces. They've really just kind of like hinged hinged it on the fact that you've already seen NXT, you already know what it is, and this is you know like a a, a, a version of it. Uh, I'd like to believe that they're saving a lot a lot of that for the show next week, but. To me, like from the looks of it, it just feels like they they are saving a lot for that show. And this week, maybe, you know, taking it taking it a, a little easier. I'm predicting nine ninety for NXT this week. For okay, the number. I do think it'll be lower. I'm still guessing they pass a million though. They surpass a million. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll find out in minutes. Um, any uh, other thoughts on the show? Um, that's kind of it. You know, I thought it was a an okay show, uh, but I'm really looking forward to TakeOver next week. Or I keep calling it TakeOver. <laughs> That's what it, it is. It is. It feels like a TakeOver. It's almost like they should have just called it TakeOver next week. It Maybe. already adds more importance to it Maybe. by using that branding for the first one. Yeah. Unless they thought it'd be too confusing. Let's go back to the phone lines. Neil, you're on. Hello, guys. Neil from Northern Ireland. That's for Neil's real voice. This time. Yes. How do you yeah. mistake these those two voices? Okay. Maybe. It's yeah, like we've been talking for hours here. All these John. voices just meld together. John, my dulcet tones and the manic laughter of. of, <laughs> of <laughs> I'm so sorry for mistaking you for, uh, oh, for no, Brandon from all. New Jersey, who who we love. I feel like Brandon was at six out of ten on the on his normal mania manic. Oh, he's scale saving it one. for next week. He know he knows not to uh, go out sure. and just do high spots. He needs yeah. to. He needs more psychology in his calls, and he's he's becoming a better worker. Absolutely, no highs without lows and all that kind of thing. So, Neil, uh, are, are people out in the streets right now over this AEW deal? What, what's going on? Yes, pe- people with signs, down with Khan, <laughs> Khan and all this sort of um, stuff. I mean, you've seen yourself, John, because you reported on or, you know, you retweeted some of these things last night. Um, a pretty negative reaction. There's been some anger from um, the UK Twitter, which uh, which uh, wouldn't have existed if they didn't make such a big fuss about their TV deal being so great. Uh, you know what? I still think people would have been upset with it being on several days. Not to this delay. level, though, I don't mm, think. Look at how many people got upset about NXT in Canada yes. being on Friday nights. Yes. Like, people want stuff live, and if of it's course. not, they're going to complain. Yes. And that's natural. Yeah. I get that. But I agree with Way that it's exacerbated by the level of expectation that was raised um I mean, cody was tweeting wink emojis when people were asking is it going to be live this is months ago or at least you know maybe seven eight weeks ago uh, people were tweeting at him you know is is it going to be live in itv4 you've been doing lots of promotion with itv and he sort of twin 
tweeting back winky faces and stuff. And it's just you do wonder how much he really knew, how much of how much of the actual nitty gritty of the business TV deals he would be involved in, you know. Um, but as disappointing as it is that it's not going to be live. The 8:20 a.m. time slot is—it's just bizarre. I can't—that I cannot wrap my hand or, head around. Their See, target audience is going to be asleep yeah. from a few years the can night you, before. Can you explain to me, like the tw- the 20? Is it is that like something you know that that is just commonplace with broadcasting? No, it, it's, it is not at all commonplace. I mean, most programming, as I'm sure in Canada and the U.S., starts at on the hour or on the half hour. So that just makes it even. Even more I know. Weird. I understand six oh five, but eight twenty. Yeah, and then I mean by Monday night, the 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 condensed version. That's just way too late. Everyone will know every, not only what the batch results were, but you know the well, the, the analysis of it, of it all. You know. Well, here's the thing: like, if if your attempt is to have those time slots as repeats to capture an audience that might not be listening to podcasts or watching the live feed, it's a great spot to have. But as a first run, it's terrible. No, I mean it's it's something that you've got the the AEW plus option, but I don't know how many new viewers you're creating if you're asking them to to sign up for something. I mean that's not the value you would get over uh, an over the air broadcaster or with like an ITV four, for instance. Precisely, John. I think that I mean their their aim ought to really have been. I would have thought any logical you know TV exec would have thought let's see if we can build an audience for this. I don't think you do that early on a Sunday morning, not with the demographic they'll they ought to be going after. And uh, the, I mean, I will, I am at least going to give it a month on the subscription so I can watch it live. And then uh, another good thing about that is you can watch it on demand um, as well on fight. Um, so it's not just you don't have to stay up and watch it live. You can watch it the following morning or the following afternoon. You know, I can watch it before before I listen to. Blast away or blow away or whatever the hell you're going to call your God. show. <laughs> um, I'm just going to read here. This this was one of Tony Khan's. This was his last response to to Will Cooling. If you if you want to see the, them going back and forth about all this, but Tony Khan said, uh, "We've been working on it." Referring to the TV deal in the UK, we weren't planning to announce it at all yesterday. That being on Wednesday, until a very nice gentleman from the ITV office got too excited and tweeted incomplete information about Sunday Monday broadcasts already scheduled. I still expect a sooner broadcast but glad we have these as well so tony khan is intimating that these are like an add-on but there is no concrete announcement about the earlier broadcast so i mean this has been a very messy rollout i think we can very much say that when you have tony khan publicly saying that you know someone at itv sent this out prematurely it just it's not coming off smooth in any stretch and the audience is frustrated so it's just been a really messy rollout to instead of just both sides being on the same page and having uh, a a plan etched in stone to present to the public. Yeah, a pretty bad start, I would say, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, hopefully they'll sort things out. Can I quickly just say, uh, Way, because uh, I like to sort of you know engage with you guys. Way, congrats on that massive bike ride. That was that was <laughs> insane. Jesus, thank you very I, I much. Can hardly, well, I can hardly cycle up the streets these days, so. Um, no, that's pretty good. And John, did you ever make it to Whitby? Because we were all left hanging with the 95% chance that you weren't. Not a chance. <laughs> no, I didn't make it. I didn't make it to Whitby. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't even know what he was talking about. Now I, I get it. Okay, we have the number for NXT. <laughs> oh, okay. What was your prediction? 
over just a little over a million. What did I say? Nine ninety? I don't know what you said. I think nine hundred or something. One million six thousand viewers. Okay. So down from last week. Um yeah. down the amount I would expect. Um so now next week though, that's the real question. Next week's the big number. And do they do they lose a big chunk to AEW? Do they maintain and AEW uh doesn't do well, does do well, and we suddenly have two sizable audiences? I mean, the combined audience next week is gonna be very interesting as well as how it divides and how much each side has. My gut says NXT should have the bigger number, but to me, that doesn't necessarily mean a win. If NXT, I would say if AEW is within 15%, 20% of that NXT number, I think that is a really strong debut. If they can do, if they can top 800,000 viewers on TNT, and this is week one, I think that's a relatively positive sign. Why, why do you feel like NXT might win? I think they have a large... I think we're underestimating how significant it is to have a million viewers the first two weeks as your starting point. Right. The bigger stars to, I think, the larger amount of people. Mm -hmm. And no doubt, I feel like there is going to be a big promotion of this over the next couple of days Mm -hmm. uh, with a strong lineup as well. And some that are just, they're accustomed now, Wednesday nights. It's NXT night. It's a big show. I'm going to watch this one first. Maybe I watch AEW second. But there's going to be a big curiosity for AEW as well. So... I mean, we're, we're kind of throwing darts in the dark. It's, yeah. it's very hard to know how this is going to land next week. But whatever the results are, this time next week, it's going to be fascinating. Anything else on your mind, Neil? Oh, not at all. I've kept you on the line uh, long enough. But uh, thanks, guys. And uh, another very strong number, it seems like, this week. for Yeah. For t- yeah. For, uh, I mean, topping NXT. a million, is it's, it's a good number. Thanks, Neil. All the best. See you soon, or speak to you soon. Well, I might see you soon because I'm coming to Canada next summer tentatively. So, um, be lovely to yeah, it'd be see, lovely to. You could see Whitby for yourself. <laughs> yeah, you bike well, that's number one. Okay, guys, speak soon. All right, thank you very much, Neil. Well, there you go. I like this. We get the number at the end of the show. I love it. It's like this. This clockwork. Uh, it's a a nice build to Sh- the, the main event. Shall we save official predictions for Monday? predictions oh, oh for, for the, the numbers. For numbers yeah, yeah sure let's okay. go over them on monday i think that, that'll give us a better sense of uh like where the promotion is uh over the weekend and going into next week as well because i'm sure there's going to be lots of it yeah uh that's kind of it any other news you want to get into uh i think that's that's the lion's share uh, of everything here um there was an interesting article in ad age this week oh uh, yeah that we have a story up on the website on uh some notes from that one a uh, progressive insurance is coming on as the presenting sponsor of friday night smackdown they mentioned 20 new sponsors that have never promoted on wrestling before they're toying with the idea of anywhere from 10 to 20 percent less commercial inventory that sounds great um well they does that make sense it depends. It means that for the viewer, that's great. You get more content time, but you're giving up potential revenue. Um, that but I, now, does it make sense, though, if if what I'm also hearing is that these rates might be lower than typical for right a show? Yeah. Like if they're – maybe to them it's worth sacrificing this for a better rating. It, that could be. Like maybe they believe like less commercial interruption, it'll grow the audience, and then we can sell at a higher rate. I mean that's – uh, a possibility. Um, and they didn't say this is concrete, but the fact it's being toyed with means I guess they're they're leaning towards that. Um, and also in this article right at the end, they're teasing the idea of The Rock showing up, um, but not officially saying that, which yeah. is weird. In really this... out of nowhere that we're getting this, but 
it, feel, it's it feels like a little nudge from ad age um huh. but that's it they um they are publicly advertising austin now for smackdown as well okay which now I'm, if it's the rock you wouldn't you think that talk, like you know wouldn't that be somebody you would promote way ahead of time yes yeah i would do that i would not i don't care about surprise pops that Especially if it's The Rock. Like, Austin, okay, save that for a surprise pop. That's perfectly fine. But yeah. if it's The Rock, I think you let as many people know about that as possible. Is that is that the scene? Like, the last 10 minutes of the show, Austin's out and The Rock comes out? That'd be terrible, too, because you're telling the audience, hey. Remember uh, 20 years ago? Yeah. You know, you're not going to get this next week, but uh, this is a really nice moment right now. I mean, this show is really built around... Um, should be Roman Reigns. A lot and, of nostalgia. Like it, yeah, but I mean... Maybe Rock always. kicks off the show if he's going to be on. Sure, yeah. But you got to fit in all these legends. Goldberg. I know. You got to fit in a Brock Kofi match. Owens and Shane. Like, it's a two-hour show. And it's a hard out at two hours. You're not doing overruns on Fox. I think you're going to see a lot of, like, poker games backstage, you know, parties where uh, people are just having beer. That could be it. Private party or Uh, street profits. Oh, and the last thing here, uh, New Japan's confirmed New Year's Dash for January 6th, which is a Monday Oda Ward Gymnasium. So they're going to a bigger building for New Year's Dash. This is where New Japan held their first ever card, 1972. It's where they do the anniversary every year. So they'll be doing two Tokyo Domes, followed by New Year's Dash on the Monday. Surprise you or no? No. I expected that they would do New Year's Dash and um, go into a bigger building, but not an appreciably bigger, bigger building. This holds about 4,000 people. So, mm-hmm. I mean, more seats. The, the, I think that place will be full. Yeah. No, no problem. I think so. So, I think so. the question will be: uh, Will we be there? Maybe that is the question. I guess if WH can uh, help us secure some tickets, but we will find. I hear out. they're tough to get. All right, um, man. My voice is giving out. So we have covered a lot in this uh, hour plus edition of the Cafe Hangout. Uh, really this, good show. I really enjoyed it. We and... had a ton. We covered a lot. Thank you to Nate Milton for joining us. All your calls, and it's the season premiere of Rewind a Raw. This Monday night, the new fall schedule takes effect. Yep. So go to postwrestling.com. We're going to have Monday, Rewind to Raw. Wednesday, the launch of our AEW review. And we'll be going, uh, we'll probably cover NXT that night too because it's going to be a very big night. And then next Thursday, the Cafe Hangout open to all members of the cafe, regardless of your level, live at 3 p.m. Eastern time with Andrew Thompson, who's been doing great work for our site. He is going to the live AEW launch on Wednesday night, and then he'll uh, jump on with us on Thursday to chat about covering the show live. Perfect. And again, a reminder, if you're planning on signing up for October, you can wait till October 1st to do so. Otherwise, you will get charged an extra month. But if you want to sign up and get our Rewind Away that comes out tomorrow, which is our review of the big event from 1986, uh, you can... Please do so, by all means. That will be out Friday. Hulk Hogan versus Paul Orndorff from Toronto, 1986. We're reviewing that uh, with Dan Lebransky jumping on with us, who attended the event. So lots of great stuff coming up at postwrestling.com. Thank you to all of you for tuning in, and we will be talking to you in the near future. Goodbye. Goodbye.